If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast, but weren't sure if it would actually help your business, you'll want to pay particular attention to today's interview. Erin Cooney is joining us today to share insights into her podcast and how her podcast got her featured in an international magazine. Have you ever felt like there was something missing in your business? Something holding you back from the success you're seeking? If so, you are not alone. For nearly 20 years, that's exactly how I felt as a business owner. It wasn't until I discovered human design that it all became clear. And it turns out that I was the missing piece in my own business. Join me on this journey of discovering the real me and hear stories from other business owners building businesses around all of their awesomeness. I'm Young Pratt, and it's time, my friend, to amplify your awesome. Hey there, amplifiers. Welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Young Pratt. I am your expert content gold mining guide, and I am a true lover of connecting with incredible, awesome people from around the globe. And I have another one for you today. Erin Cooney was the first American born to pass the Irish dance teacher's diploma from Dublin, Ireland. How cool is that? She's been in the world of Irish dance for more than 25 years, has been teaching for more than 15. She runs a performing arts school called Rinka Nua Irish Dance. She's the founder of the Irish Dance Business Owners and host of a podcast by the same name. She was recently featured in an international magazine, we're going to dive into that story, talk about podcasting, and talk about pivots in her business. Erin, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Erin and I connected, it's been several years since we connected back in a mastermind for dance school owners, and we've since kind of gone our separate ways. We reconnected a couple of years ago when you wanted to launch your podcast. You mm -hmm. went through a podcast in a weekend class, launched it, and now your podcast is being featured in magazines around the world. That is so, so cool. So I want to start, though, before the podcast, kind of your journey into business, how you took your love of Irish dancing and turned it into a business. Yeah, sure. So I just always loved dance and gymnastics and movement in general, just being active as a child. Um, my love for music is really what brought me to dance, and I definitely loved Irish music. Um, just instrumental music in general. I love that piece, like being a gymnast too. Like we did our floor routines to instrumental music. I was just really drawn to instrumental music. Um, so I really wanted to learn to Irish dance and there just really, there wasn't anywhere around to, to learn Irish dance when I was a kid. And this was pre river dance days when, you know, Irish dance was really seen as just a, kind of a traditional dance form, you know, like square dancing <laughs> or something you might learn just for cultural reasons. But then when Riverdance came and toured around the globe, Irish dance became super popular. And um, at that point, I had taken a few lessons. My parents had found a teacher in, a, in the metro area. I lived on a farm. So they found a teacher in the metro area that actually traveled to our small hometown of like 2000 people to like once a week just to teach the basics of Irish dance. So I had been learning just the basics of Irish dance, just from my own pure fun and enjoyment um, for about a year before Riverdance happened, or no, um, a few years, I guess, before Riverdance happened. Once Riverdance happened, 
people kind of knew I Irish danced or knew I did this just kind of on the side and wanted me to like teach at dance studios, perform with Irish bands because it was so big, it was so popular and everyone wanted to either see it or learn how to do it. So um, even into my college years, I started performing with a band. I started teaching Irish dance for like the ballroom dance club and, and just different things like performing at the cultural festivals that were around. And um, so it was just kind of this side thing that was enjoyable part of my life. Um, I also did the dance team in college. So I still was doing other forms of dance and things like that as well. But Irish dance, after I graduated from college, I became a gymnastics coach. And at the gym I was coaching, they actually had dance as, you know, part of the building programs as well. They had gymnastics and dance. And I said, you know, I don't know that I really want to teach, you know, jazz or anything like that, but I would love to teach Irish dance. And so they said that, um, that I could start teaching an Irish dance class if we could build enough interest for a class. And that's kind of how it started. And that was way back in 2002. I started teaching Irish dance just once a week on a Saturday for a dance studio. And the, the, the program kept building and eventually I moved, you know, I was trying to figure out other full-time jobs to work with, you know, the evening schedule. So eventually I moved and um, I just really found that I was trying to figure out a full-time job with like this part-time teaching Irish dance. And my dream was just to just, just do the Irish dance thing and become a mom. Like that was my, my dream and my goal get married, have children and just be an Irish dance, you know, teacher. Um, eventually I opened my own Irish dance school after teaching Irish dance for various different dance studios for 10 years. So I had a lot of experience under my belt as far as teaching Irish dance. And then when I launched my Irish dance school, I immediately hired other teachers to help me. But a lot of people don't know Irish dance. So I had to do a lot of training in of teachers. Um, so now I've had my Irish dance school for 10 years and, you know, about back in 2015, I kind of just started doing more online, um, reaching out to more business mentorship online as opposed to local business coaches because I had my second son and I just found that being a mom, it was so much easier to go online to get business coaching than to actually drive to my who I had as a business coach at the time. And so I just started doing more and more learning online. And then I started learning about online business because of that, because there's so many coaches online teaching about online business. So back in 2015, I kind of opened my idea, of, like this new idea of maybe I could do an online business someday as well. Um, so that's kind of how that all started. And then eventually, you know, knowing different people who are podcasting and thinking maybe I could do this too. And, you know, how could that be part of this online business journey for me? So I know that's kind of a lot, but that's kind of, that's how it all started for me. You know, and there's so much about this story that I think so many listeners can resonate with. It's the idea that if a seed gets planted when we're little and we let it grow, we don't know where it's going to take us. And I love that you just had this desire to learn it. And then all these opportunities when Riverdance came out kind of came about and you kind of followed your heart, you followed that passion and that led to opening a brick and mortar studio and then to helping other Irish dance business owners really run their businesses as a business, not just as a hobby. And then I know your podcast has been instrumental in, in educating them and helping other people find this world of Irish dance and learning more about it and also falling in love with that. So I just love this ripple effect of your entire life of this one little thread has kind of woven its way all the way through. And though it's been a lot of years, I just love that it stayed there and you've really mm -hmm. listened to that intuition because I think sometimes it's so easy to let other people 
stop us from following that little intuition or following that passion. People squash dreams without even realizing it. They want us to be practical and have a job where we can support ourselves and support our family and, and do the responsible thing. That was my mm-hmm. story anyway. So I just love that and, and honor you for really listening and knowing that was part of who you were and part of what you wanted to do. So kudos to you. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> Amazing. So let's talk about your brick and mortar first and talk about the effects of COVID and how you've had to transition to more of an online teaching model that you had been using with your coaching clients, but now all of a sudden you're faced with doing it online for your your student body. How did that go and what does it look like now? Yeah, you know, I felt like the several years prior to COVID happening, it was like this preparation to just so that I could immediately switch to run my, my business online. It was amazing. It was like I had been prepared for this. So I felt like I was truly just so lucky to have all that training behind me. And I really felt for the people that didn't have it, like these other brick and mortar business owners who, who weren't sure how to run anything online, like couldn't handle their payments online, didn't know how to run classes on Zoom, never used Zoom before, like just all of the, the huge learning curve that they had to do in just like, like a couple months, whereas I had been learning all this online business stuff for several years leading up to this. And, you know, always had the goal of like building this, you know, six figure plus online business. And all of a sudden it was like, Hey, it happened overnight. I'm actually running everything (laughs) online. It's just that my brick and mortar switched over to an online model. And it was really nice for me to like experience that too, to see like what my lifestyle would be. Cause I had dreamed of like running this online business for a while. And all of a sudden I was doing it and realizing like, what would need to be different about my life if that's what I was, you know, solely doing, because I'm still running the brick and mortar and doing online stuff right now. But if I ever were to transition to just do the online piece, I knew what that lifestyle would look like, you know, being kind of running everything virtually, you know, with your staff and with your programs and trying to, you know, the marketing and every, all, all aspects of it, I guess I would say. Yeah, I love it that you, you you already kind of had the inkling, you, you kind of knew that you wanted to eventually maybe get there someday and do everything virtual. So now you had the opportunity to, to do that. Do you think you'll, there'll be a point in your business life that that's how you'll run business exclusively? So what I realized for myself is that I do want the online piece, but I don't want it to be a dance studio. <laughs> um So that was really good to know, right? Like it was my opportunity to experience what having an online business would be if, if the programming that I'm offering is a dance studio. And I realized that's not what I wanted to do. Um, I was very busy at that time, you know, like taking advice that I had learned from business mentors for online businesses, as far as building a portal out and batching videos. Like I was in, I was in the dance studio myself, recording myself, um, do all of these dances. (laughs) And that was like, and then I hired a virtual assistant and I would, that, that was kind of like some of the transitions I did to, to go online. I also um, scaled back the amount of space that I was actually leasing during that time. Cause I was like, I'm not going to need it. So we scaled back. So now when we're jumping back into, we're almost fully in person again, we still have one online class happening. Um, I have less space. So, I mean, like it's a transition moving back in and seeing, seeing what's going to happen. So I've made a lot of changes with that as well that I could dive into, but but that's kind of more of those COVID changes that um, morphed where I'm going next. 
when we make a pivot in our businesses, there's a lot that happens internally because we have mm. our identities sort of wrapped up in, I'm a dance school owner, I'm a this, I'm a this, I'm a this. And we don't always separate ourselves, our personal being from our businesses. So when things shift, mm -hmm. I know I experience a lot of inner turmoil. There was a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of overwhelm because I just didn't know what was going on because there were too many opportunities essentially, right? Too many opportunities. It's cool that you have been able to shift and adjust to this because I think that's a normal part of business, but we never talk about making pivots and making shifts. It's all, all about, you know, staying the course, do one thing until you're successful. For most of us though, doing one thing for the, our entire lives, I would say it's almost impossible because we're multifaceted, we're multi-passionate. So let's talk about, so you have your, your Irish dance school, which, which now you're transitioning back to in-person. You still have that one class hanging on, on the mm -hmm. virtually. You have your your coaching business for other Irish business owners. And now you've taken another little pivot because you kind of <laughs> felt called to go a different way. So let's talk about this pivot, what it is, you know, kind of why you think it, it creeped into your life and, and what you love about mm. it. Honestly, like if I'm super honest, like seeing myself on video so much moving into the online world, I was like shocked. Like I was noticing how much I was aging. I was noticing, um, you know, what I was wearing in the videos, what my energy level was, like how I looked. And I just was kind of like shocked. It's like I, I woke up and I was like, wow, I have not been focused on, you know, myself, like how I look and my health and all of those things very much in the last 10 years. It was all about my business or my kids. And um, that was kind of the internal shift happening. And I actually, you know, made, then I just made this decision that I'm going to lose 50 pounds and I'm going to do it in 18 months. And I, and I um, sent a text to my husband and said, this is what I'm doing. And I had no idea <laughs> how I was going to do it because I didn't even know how to lose <laughs> one pound. And I just, it, I don't know. It just, it's almost like it came out of nowhere, but there was this internal um, thing that kind of happened with me. And I, I love the fact that you were conscientious when you were seeing yourself on video and you just noticed something in yourself and you made this decision to go on this weight loss journey. Can you give us a little sneak peek? Cause I'm curious too about this journey of yours and how, yeah. what, what this coaching program looks like and the, the facets you're going to bring in that you have found work for yourself. Yeah. And it's, um, I think a part of it too is, I mean, how my brain works is I'm, I'm just very simple and I'm more of a framework person than I am a step-by-step -step person. So if you give me a recipe to cook something, I can't do it. So that's definitely my weak weakness. Um, so my strength though, is kind of seeing things in frameworks. So for me, I was like, I was able to kind of build a framework around people customizing this weight loss mm -hmm. journey on their on their own. And then like, and then looking at to see what changes could be made, but it's all like, it's, it's educating them while they decide on their own changes that they think will work in their life. So, um, the step-by-step -step exact, you know, amounts of food and meals thing doesn't work for me. And it's because I, I'm just not a step-by-step -step person. I like to, <laughs> I like to create stuff instead of follow programs. So like I was able to kind of create a framework for myself that, 
it's just not complicated. And I was just like, I really think this could work for people, but I do think it will be a mindset, a mindset shift for a lot of people who are used to buying programs that are like, this is what you eat at, uh, you know, for breakfast, this is what you eat for lunch and this is what you eat for dinner. Um, or like I, I bought so many of those programs are like, these are the recipes you need to build to buy. And I'm like, I don't even know what that food is. And it <laughs> sounds like it's going to be like two hours at the grocery store for me to even figure out, like, it, it just was like too much for me. And I, I just felt like when this happened and I actually lost the weight, like I lost 50 pounds in 18 months. And I was just like, wow. After a while, after people started asking me, I kind of felt like the secret that I loved having, but after started, people started asking me, I was like, oh, Aaron, like, you just need to share this. <laughs> like, it just felt like I, like yeah. I knew this, like amazing thing that people are struggling with. And I remember list, you know, how painful it was for me to feel like I was, you know, um, it, it just was, it was painful for me to feel like I, I did love myself and I was doing all I can could to, to um, eat healthy. But I, I had this frame that looked different from who I really was. And I felt like I was being perceived differently because mm -hmm. of that. I really truly was doing all I could to be healthy and to be that example to like my dancers. Um, and I really, and, and now it's like people assume I'm healthy because I think like when they see me, they, they have more of an assumption that I'm healthy. Whereas before I didn't feel like that was mm -hmm. a, really the vibe I was feeling from people. So anyway, that's kind of how I've done it as I just have a framework that I'm working with people and it's, and it's kind of customized to what's going to work for their life. So. So mm -hmm. good. And, and I love that you use the word simple and you talk about frameworks because I feel the same way too, because I've gone into so many programs and tried to follow them step-by-step, step, whether it's business or whether it's weight loss. And they just don't work because yeah, my mind doesn't work like that either. I want the big picture. I want to be able to make choices that are going to work for me. So I love that you're honoring that part about people because everyone is different. Everyone who signs up to work with you has a different goal has a different journey, has lived a different experience. So to be able to honor that in them, I think that's that really is such a missing piece in this particular industry these days. So I applaud you for that as well. And I'm curious to know, do you think that you'll ever have a podcast to share some of these frameworks to attract more of the right people for this particular arm of your business? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that and I haven't made complete decisions on that because I'm running my first program right now and the people that have enrolled are from the brick and mortar and the online piece. So it's very interesting because I have a very similar demographic, which are, you know, a lot of moms or kind of middle-aged women. So, you know, women around age 40 or 50 and, um, and so it's been really neat that I, I kind of launched it and just told those groups of people that already are in my life <laughs> um, that I was doing it. And so, um, yeah, so now I'm kind of like, okay, you know, that was great to tap into that, to let them know that I'm doing that, but I'm not going to be marketing this to both of those groups forever. Like I do need to figure out right. a way where I'm going to be marketing this. And I do want with this first group, I want to make sure that I'm getting amazing results with them and that there's a place that I can share those results that people will want to see those results. Cause I'm sure that there are people that um, would like to see how this first group grows and like hear from the testimonials from these women to see if it would be a good fit for them. 
So yeah, so I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> So who knows, maybe in the future, there'll be another podcast <laughs> because I, I'm such a big believer in podcasts and with the shift lately in marketing and there's so much focus on audio and with platforms like Facebook, they're going to allow podcasters like us to actually let people listen to their shows in the actual app itself without them having to go anywhere else. That's a really big shift and a really good place to be because with things like Clubhouse and Green Room and all these audio only platforms, people are loving this because it's portable. You can listen to it, you know, when you're doing the laundry or like doing all the mom things, right? I listen mm -hmm, to a ton mm -hmm. of podcasts when I'm doing things around the house because I want to learn. I want to to be able to get better myself. And so I, I tune into a lot of podcasts during that time. So yeah, I, and I think also because this particular new arm of your business is a, is a subject that lots of people want to learn about. Lots of people are frustrated with. So I think it would be cool to have, you know, to be able to have them have you in their back pocket. I just think that's, that's a really cool place to be. And I want to pivot a little bit and talk about your current podcast and how it was mm -hmm. featured because yeah. I know I kind of led with that story and we kind of got yes. you know, we were on a little tangent, but I do want to talk about the reason you started your podcast and sort of what the podcasting world has opened up for your business. Yeah. So the reason I opened or started the podcast was because I was doing business coaching online and I knew other business coaches who were doing podcasts as part of kind of their warming up their audience, getting people, you know, around the globe to kind of know about them. And so just as a marketing arm of the business to, to kind of um, indicate what kind of offers I had coming up, because I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching and I was doing mastermind groups. Um, those were kind of my main two offers. So I started the podcast and did your program over the weekend. I remember saying like, I have to do this in a weekend or I will be too scared to actually launch it. So it was perfect to just like <laughs> dive right in. And um I was doing solo episodes to start with, and then I completely, I mean, I completely dropped off, which was, is not your advice. Your advice is right <laughs> to do it consistently. <laughs> That's definitely been my struggle. Um, and eventually I kind of relaunched it after COVID because I had um, a part-time virtual assistant that I had hired during that transition of my brick and mortar to being fully online. Once my brick and mortar went back in person, for the most part, I hired a full-time virtual assistant. And then I re kind of relaunched the podcast by doing interviews and my full-time virtual assistant was able to do all the behind the scenes for it. So it really worked in my lifestyle that I was able to consistently do this podcast as long, you know, so I did this interview series. When I did the interview series, that's when it kind of got more publicity because more people got involved and interested and, and uh, it really tapped into kind of a bigger purpose for me and not just the business. Um, is just that I wanted to influence the Irish dance community on a, on a bigger level. And um, a lot of the Irish dance um, publicity out there is all around competition. I have currently dropped the competitive piece of my program and transitioned it to another teacher who can do that um, program for them. I'm not saying it's a, a negative thing. It's just a programming that I don't want to offer. But I feel like there's so much more to offer the Irish dance community apart from competition. So it meant the world to me that they did this feature and they're putting my podcast on their YouTube channel and they specifically want the interviews. And I love all the interviews because they're all of these 
for the most part, I've been interviewing moms who are running these Irish dance schools and they don't have a ton of publicity a lot of times because they aren't big competitive names in the industry, but they have these incredible stories that, you know, even Irish dancers who are young, like by listening or watching these things to see what the possibilities would be to keep Irish dance in your life. If your goal and dream is to be a mom, which was my goal, like I wanted to teach Irish dance and be a mom that, and, and that that's a total viable thing for them to want in their life. And that these, there are these amazing women doing that. It's just that there's not a lot of publicity around that. The big publicity is around the world champions and the big schools competitive schools. So I just loved that I was kind of almost to bring hometown news to like this worldwide then, you know, scene. Oh my gosh. So good. And I think when people think about starting a podcast, they wonder, you know, is it going to help people? Cause they have a passion. There's always a reason why they want to start it, but they're not always able to, you know, look forward far enough to see the ripple effect because now you're taking your platform, letting other people come onto your platform elevating their voices, amplifying that. And in doing so, you're able to be able, you're able to elevate the whole world of Irish dance to a new level. So for all of you listening out there, if there is something you want to share, if there was a passion project, if there's something that's really weighing on you and you're just not sure how to share it, a podcast could definitely be a great way to do that because you're able to touch lives that you would normally not touch. That's the power of podcasting is that it's not just about us as podcast hosts. It is about all the people that we get to interact with, all of the people that, whose lives change because now they have someone they can listen to, someone to connect with. So what has podcasting, how has it changed the way that people perceive you and your business? Well, I think, I think one thing for me is just going into the podcasting like um, host and seeing the different countries that people are listening. I mean, it just like it for me just myself to know that there's all of these people worldwide actually listening to the podcast is just huge. You know, for me, just feeling like I am impacting, you know, people worldwide, but then also I just felt like with the public publicity piece there it just offered a lot of credibility to me whenever I was speaking when I started doing the interviews specifically I felt like because it wasn't a podcast that's it it made a bigger deal to people being interviewed that there was a credibility piece there that oh if this interview is for the podcast like that's a big deal and so um I love that and and make and it it is a big deal and you can make it a bigger deal Um, because it is on the podcast. So, and because I can show what kind of reach the podcast has. And so that was another thing that was really cool in the article that they did and Irish dancing magazine is I gave them my virtual assistant created this infographic that showed all the different countries of listeners and where, where people were listening from um, the podcast from. And so I just loved that, that piece of it, that you have that data to work with as well. Again, with the international magazine, I said, like, you're I'm reaching a brand new audience of teenagers, which is also mm. like what was so exciting for me because it was actually one of my Irish dancers who notified me that this article was in the magazine. And just knowing that like our stories are now being shared and these teenagers have access to it. It's just like a whole new level of impact too. Yeah. How good is that? I mean, this is the legacy. You get to create this legacy so that you know, even at years after you're gone, that the world of Irish dance is still relevant. 
people can access it from wherever they are in the world. If they're in a metro city or if they're in the smallest of small towns, your words and the people you brought onto your podcast are there for them to learn from and to listen to for years to come. So before we wrap up, Erin, I want to make sure people can connect with you if they want to learn more about your podcast, your weight loss program, your brick and mortar. Where is the best place for them to find you? Yeah, well, I've been figuring that all out. I am, uh, my website right now is erincooney.biz. So spelling my name is E-R-I-N-C-O-O-N-E-Y.biz. So I'm going to be adding the weight loss, for, uh, weight loss program portion to that on my website very, very soon. And then irishdancebusinessowners.com is kind of where people opt in to be part of our Facebook group, which is where all of the, all of the community happens for that. And then the Irish Dance Business Owners podcast as well. So good. And I will make sure I put all those links in today's podcast show notes so that everyone listening can just click from their app and, and connect with you because you're such an example of this, this power of podcasting. So Erin, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing your story, for listening to that inner voice that has guided you to all these incredible places and for, for really just being an example of what one idea can turn into. Thank you so much. I really hope that Erin's story of starting her podcast and the ripple effects of what she has created from her podcast alone to reach more people, to leave a legacy, I hope that's resonated with you because I know this about you. There is a mission, a passion burning inside of you, bubbling up, ready to be shared with the world. And if that is the case, I would love to invite you to create your own podcast. I have an amazing two-day class coming up with a really good friend of mine who happens to be a Facebook ads ninja, Tammy Pereira. We are going to be hosting a two-day event in August where not only are you going to learn to launch your podcast, you're also going to learn how to build an engaged audience using her strategy of Facebook ads. If you would love to join us in this class, I would invite you to reach out to me on social. You can DM me over on Instagram, or you can message me on Facebook. Of course, you can always come over to today's show notes as well at my website, youngpratt.com. Reach out to me right there, and I'd love to get you enrolled in this class because it's going to be a game changer. It's going to help you reach more of the people you want to reach with your message and then be able to literally put fuel on the fire and amplify the growth of your very own podcast because you're going to learn how to leverage Facebook ads as well. Okay, my friends, with all that being said, go out there today and amplify your awesome. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to the Amplify Your Awesome podcast. If you're ready to launch a podcast of your own and you want to learn how to use Facebook ads properly to build an engaged audience from the get-go, you'll definitely want to save your seat for the Podcast Launchpad. Podcast Launchpad is a brand new two-day live learning experience hosted by me and Facebook ads ninja, Tammy P. It's happening Tuesday and Wednesday, August 24th and 25th. You can get all the details and save your seat at youngpratt.com launchpad. 
We're taking the best of my podcast in a weekend experience and combining it with Tammy's super successful ads framework and compressing time for you to give you success fast. Imagine launching a podcast along with creating effective Facebook ads to supercharge an audience of eager listeners. It can all be yours by heading to youngpratt.com slash launchpad. There's someone out there waiting for your podcast. Let's make it a reality together. Save your seat at youngpratt.com slash launchpad. Until then, my friend, go out there today and amplify your awesome.